1: Welcome, Auburn, into this Thursday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I'm joined by Brooks Childress. Today, we have a full show planned for you this afternoon. We will be our normal time after we had some high school events move earlier in the week. I had a doubleheader to complete the Borgard High School baseball season that Brooks was a part of last night over on 99.9 Kate-FM. And uh, that was going to be the game schedule for today. We do have Smith Station baseball planned for a 4-30 first pitch over on FM Talk 93.9. Again, weather permitting. I think as of now, that game, those games are a go. Hopefully, they will stay that way. Brant Daughtry, uh, the voice of Smith Station, will be on the call of that one. And uh, so, we hope those those take place. I believe they're playing Opelika in a big uh, area doubleheader this evening. Won the first game yesterday. Uh, So, again, that will not affect us. We will have a 3-6 to show today. Tomorrow we will have a shortened show. Auburn University softball will be on the air, 445 airtime, 5 o'clock first pitch. Again, 5 o'clock, not 6 o'clock. TV windows in play there against LSU. So we'll only have an hour-and-a-half show tomorrow. Everyone else will leave me tomorrow. And so Christian Page will be our co-host with me tomorrow in studio. So stay tuned for... That On the show today, of course, we'll take all of your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341-LOCALLY, toll-free, eight nine tiger 9 Our big event today will be sometime in the 4 o'clock hour. We'll start it. Uh, we're going to come up with our own SEC football scheduling model. We have teased this for a little while, talked a little bit about it in the month of March when it started to come to fruition that Greg Sankey talking about uh, th- uh, nine game models versus eight and one common opponent versus three and all that good stuff. And he said that a decision would probably come late spring or at least by the SEC spring meetings, which I think are like mid-May, late May, sometime around there uh, down in the at the beach. So today we will give our own scheduling model of the three and six variety, and uh, we will give every single team – Three common opponents or three crossover opponents uh, for the next set of SEC scheduling. So that will be our big deals day. Of course, we'll talk a lot of other things. But, Brooks, good to have you on the show today. Hope you're doing well, my friend.
2: Yeah, I'm doing really well. Glad to be here on a Thursday afternoon. It's a... a, Sometimes it's a beautiful day outside. Sometimes it gets cloudy with some scattered uh, rain in the area today. But we're doing a uh, we're having some fun here. Yeah, uh, out at Beauregard last night with Tim Sand, Seth Fuller, our intern Andrew Martin, uh, and Tucker Simmons. Uh, we were all out there last night for a doubleheader action between the the Beauregard Hornets and the Valley Rams. Uh, Want to give congratulations to the Valley Rams for winning the area last night with the uh, the game one win over the Beauregard Hornets. So congratulations to Valley and their fans. Uh, they had a good contingency last night. They won the area. They'll host uh, Tallahassee. I know we, we are heard in Valley. We're also heard in Tallahassee. So they'll host the Tallahassee uh, Tigers next week in the first round of the AHSA playoffs. Beauregard also going to the playoffs finishing second in the region. Uh, they'll head to Elmore County. We also have some people there. We've got a broad broad listening area because all four of these teams, uh, we, we are heard in their areas. So Beauregard heading up to Elmore County next week for the first round of the AHSA playoffs. So Good luck to all the teams, baseball teams, as they head toward the playoffs. I know a couple teams have a, maybe a game uh, left. I know Beauregard's done for the year, uh, but some a lot of te- some teams have a game left. And then softball season continues to roll on. Uh, we'll, we'll continue our coverage of Beauregard softball and Smith Station softball uh, throughout the next you know, week until they hit their area tournaments and into the playoffs. And then we'll, you know, of course, you can follow all of our social medias to see if uh, we're going to be covering a game or not. And yeah, so so fun times last night, uh, and then yeah, it's setting up uh, Thursday, we start to set up for a big weekend in sports. You've got Auburn baseball uh, back on the road; they're visiting uh, Alabama this weekend for a big road test against the Crimson Tide. They, the Alabama, started off uh, very well to start the regular season. A lot of questions about their their non conference schedule, though, about the the strength of schedule there, but. You still, you win the games, you, you, you know, you, the games that are on your schedule, you still got to win those. And so they did a good job in the non-conference and they're about sitting about where Auburn is in the standings, maybe a little bit better than Auburn in the standings. Uh, But big, big road test this weekend. I know Butch Thompson talked to the media earlier today. And so I'm sure we'll, we'll have some comments uh, about Auburn baseball coming up this weekend. Auburn softball, big series at home this weekend, hosting LSU. I uh, already saw they posted the giveaway for Friday night. Uh, they're, they're doing, like, glow glow stick Friday night or what uh, glow some baton Friday night. So a uh, big weekend for Auburn softball coming up. And then, you know, of course, we've got some golf, the RBC Heritage, the week after the Masters every single year. John Rahm, we uh, mentioned this, uh, we, me and Ryan, you talked about it uh, earlier off the air and before we got to um, – before we get in here, John Rahm, the Masters champion, had already committed to play in this. Usually you see the Masters champion say, ah, you know, I just won this, the biggest tournament in golf. I'll take a week or two off. Now he's playing. He's there today. And so they went into a weather delay a little bit ago, but he's already even through one in his round. So some big names playing this weekend in golf. So if you enjoyed the Masters this past weekend, uh, I definitely enjoy the RBC Heritage this weekend up there in south carolina but as always and i i I tend to start rambling a little bit in my intro so i'm gonna i'm gonna put a break on it right now and as always always like to say can't wait to talk to all of our callers can't wait to uh chat it up here for three hours with uh, my good buddy ryan just me and you
1: today yes sir um just uh and you know what uh, coincidentally everyone's gonna have their uh time off this weekend and uh Next next Friday, neither of us will be on the show, and uh, you'll be having uh, life events at the end of next week. So, uh, am I opening
2: a checking account?
1: Uh, I, I, that's personal, and I, I don't know if you are or not. But uh, <laughs> maybe you a joint account, wink, wink. But I, I not to my knowledge. But so we uh, we're we're holding down the fort here today, and uh, at the end of next week, it will be a little bit different. But again, full show today. Not a lot of. Auburn news here in the last 24-48 hours in terms of transfer portal stuff. Again, waiting for the football portal to open in a matter of a couple of days. The spring games on Saturday involving SEC teams will give us a better picture on where the portal might be headed, what might be available to Auburn over the course of the next few weeks. And then in the transfer portal in terms of basketball, got the big news list past weekend with Denver Jones – Definitely continue to hear some names, but uh, nothing more than that at this point. No more decisions made by current Auburn players. No more decisions made by current Auburn targets and the transfer portal. So we're going to start a little bit differently today, and we're going to start with some Major League Baseball and not even Atlanta Braves baseball. We're going to start with the Tampa Bay Rays, who are now 13-0, and they have tied the Major League record for most consecutive wins to start the regular season, a honor held by the 19 – I don't want to get the year wrong. Both teams were in the 1980s, the Milwaukee Brewers and the Atlanta Braves. The interesting thing about those two teams is they did not necessarily have grand years in the scheme of things. The Braves, the year they started 13-0, only went 89-73. They did make the playoffs. They lost in the NL Championship Series. And then the, the 87 or 83, whichever year, Brewers, uh, they went 91 and 71 and did not even make the postseason. Of course, the postseason was a little smaller back in the 80s than it is today. But uh, those teams did not end up having much success, yet here we are, Tampa Bay Rays, 13-0. and They're almost a tenth of the way through the season. You play sixteen, then you're a tenth of the way. And they have not lost yet. They won again today against the Boston Red Sox. Um, that division's going to be a good one. I mean, even Baltimore is improved. You got the Yankees and the and the Blue Jays that are certainly expecting to compete on top of Tampa, and it's been special to watch here these first couple weeks, Brooks, with, with what Tampa has done. And I don't know; they just need one more for the record now.
2: Yeah, and uh, you 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 know, I don't know who they're playing this weekend because I believe this was the last uh, last game for the Red Sox today, and they came from behind. Uh, they got the, they're on the road at the Blue Jays starting tomorrow night. So, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's fun baseball. You know, you, you've got all these records that happen and the Rays have just come out of the gate firing. And, you know, we, we had the game on here in the, uh, in the office a little bit earlier when it was on and the Red Sox got up, what, three to one, something like that. And you're like, oh, you know, this could be it. And then a big bottom of the fifth inning that put up seven runs in the bottom of the fifth and got the win and now 13 and 0 on the year. Big, you know, it it is it's it's interesting that a team like it's a it's a team like Tampa that's doing it because they're they are very much bought into the the Billy Bean moneyball um aspect there. They they don't they have nowhere near the biggest um uh, payroll in Major League Baseball. And so you think, "Oh, you know, if you say, "Hey, team started 13 and 0 on the year," you'd say, "Oh, was it the Dodgers? No. Was it the Astros? No. It's the Tampa Bay Rays. And so it, it's just so interesting that they've been able to piece, uh, to put this together. They had one of their top prospects pitch, uh, make his major league debut last night and pitch and then, uh, was sent back down to the AAA, uh, Durham earlier today. And so it's, it's just fun. It, it's a fun, it, it's, it's fun because it's a record that could be broken in their next game tomorrow. But it's also fun because it's not one of the big payroll teams that's doing it. It's not a team that you know has thousands of all stars waiting and waiting to come up to the next at bat. It's it's the Tampa Bay Rays, and they they've got maybe you know if, if you told me or, or maybe not me, but a casual baseball fan to name any players on the Rays, they may could get two, but. You know, if you ask them to name people in the Dodgers, you're going to get five or six Dodgers right, uh, right off the bat, and so it, it's
1: people it, would freak out if I said Yandy Diaz. Everyone would be say who?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so it, it's it, it's just a fun it's a it's a fun record that's about to be broken with, and it's a fun team to be to do it too. The Rays are a fun team.
1: So, would you like to guess where they are in payroll? Oh man,
2: I want to I. I don't want to guess last because I'm, I'm, I want to guess that the
1: A's are last. You would be correct. A's are dead last.
2: Um, gosh, who else has a small payroll? Uh, the Braves used to have a smaller payroll, but they've started spending here recently with more with the, uh, the Liberty Group taking over. They've, they've started to invest more and they've started to spend more, although they do have a lot of uh, club-friendly deals. But I don't think it – how many teams are there? 30? There are 30. 30? 28.
1: You got it, 28th. Who's below them? uh, Oakland's dead last at 56.8 million, which is about what Otani's going to (laughs) get per year here shortly. Uh, Baltimore is 29th, also the American League East at 60.7. Then there's a decent jump, 73.1 for Tampa, 73.2 for Pittsburgh, and 26th is who the Braves just played and swept, the Cincinnati Reds, 83.6. If you were curious... Uh, The Braves are 8th now in payroll, $203 million is the Brave payroll. Toronto is 7th, 209. The Angels pay a lot for a little, 212.2. The Dodgers are 5th at 222. Philly 4th at 243. San Diego 3rd, they better win something this year, 248.9. The Yankees are 2nd at 276.9. And again, that's 276.9. three fifty three five, is the New York Metropolitans. So that yeah. is courtesy of USA Today. So it's courtesy of Steve Cohen. Just, just it is. well, yes, it is. Uh, just the difference between the Mets and Yankees. Yeah. At first to second, which quick math is seventy seven million is more than the Rays' payroll. That's the difference between first and second. But what Tampa is doing. Uh, in the 28th position, of course, everyone. Uh, I, I don't know how closely people fall. I'd, I'd love to hear some people's thoughts that do go to a bunch of biscuit games and that sort of thing, how they feel about Tampa Bay. But the Biscuits are, of course, the AA affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays. And Tom? so, <laughs> Tom, yesterday uh, we, we talked a little bit about uh, Tom going to the Biscuits game the other night. But uh, so, with that little bit of connection, I don't know if a few people follow the Rays. But again, what they have done to start this year 13 and 0 fun team obviously they're going to lose at some point but uh who knows how that division will shake out hopefully they have a little bit more success than the 80s brewers and braves uh, that came before them in the 13 and 0 department we're going to take our first time out of the show today when we come back we'll go to the auburn bank phone line you're listening to the thursday edition of sports call and tiger 95.9
0: Easy it is to listen to our show. All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger Ninety Five point nine, Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress on this Thursday edition of Sports Call. Really up and down weather today. Started out rainy early. Uh it was cloudy but dry. Just had a thunderstorm blow through. Now it's sunny, but it's humid, and it's just a whole lot of everything right now.
2: It's a whole lot of everything.
1: Yeah, everything everywhere all at once. Oscar winner. But uh, uh every weather everywhere. All at once, once. which is, sounds very intimidating. That's the,
2: the uh, that's the sequel to Twister. Yeah, weather yes. everywhere, all at once.
1: Uh, this hur <laughs> the hurricane brought snow somehow. Uh, it'd be something that Sharknado would do. It'd Be like <laughs> the eighth Sharknado sweet sequels, like a hurricane that somehow produced a blizzard. Uh, but anyway, uh, ice shark. You want to give us a call today to talk about something more constructive than. <laughs> Or if you sharks, want to talk about Sharknado. Or, or Sharknado. 334-887-341-LOCALLY, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. James from Montgomery. James is with us. James, how are you doing?
3: I'm good. i War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I know that y'all were talking about Auburn and Alabama uh, actually playing here in Tuscaloosa, and I will actually be at that game in person on Friday as well.
1: All right, so you're gonna be in Tuscaloosa, are you gonna be in Tuscaloosa all weekend or just on Friday?
3: Um I'm just gonna be here in Tuscaloosa all weekend because uh, next weekend starts my birthday, so I'm gonna have um, you know, a nice birthday as well.
1: Okay, and you're gonna celebrate in Tuscaloosa? Yes I am. Okay. Indeed. Well we uh do you have any big plans right now or you're still thinking about it?
3: Um I'm actually um planning them out as I go. as as uh, time goes on, so I'm I'm actually still planning those. Uh, birthday plans as well
2: are you are you going to find a a karaoke spot next for your birthday
3: um i'm not quite sure but i'll try i'll try my hardest here to find a good spot
1: all right then well even though it's a little over a week away we want to go ahead and wish you an early happy birthday then
3: Oh I well, thank you thank you that's very very nice of y'all as well and um I know with the n b a play play in tournament um I'm looking at uh the Chicago Bulls and seeing if they're going to actually make it to the n b a finals, which I'm pretty sure that they are going to make it because I know they won yesterday and today so i'm I'm you know trying to see uh, how they're going to actually progress all the way to the to the weekend as well, to the semifinals as well.
1: Yeah, so they they got a long way to go, obviously, because they've got the the Miami Heat on Friday, and that's to get mm-hmm. the number eight seed. And then if they do that, they will play the Milwaukee Bucks, and then that starts the the normal playoffs, the the best four out of seven uh, mm-hmm. of all the playoffs. So they've got a long way to go, but uh, they did get a big win on the road against Toronto last night. DeMar DeRozan going back to his former former venue former team in Toronto and and put on a good show and uh the Raptors were were coming up just a little bit short at home and, and so the Bulls did get that one we'll see what happens between the Bulls and Heat on Friday.
3: Yeah because I did uh fill out my bracket for the um uh, play in tournament and I do have I actually have the Chicago Bulls winning uh game 7 in the NBA finals as well so they're going to win uh game seven when uh the nba finals actually comes up comes up in june um as of as of yet because i think uh, i'll probably see the chicago bulls actually winning the nba finals because it was i think it would have been a long time since the bulls ever won nba Finals since michael jordan era as well
1: yes they obviously won six in the 90s with mj but they have not one and I, I don't think they've been to the final since Michael Jordan, so it has been a drought. But again, they would they would be the eighth seed if they beat the Heat, so they still have a long way to go and a lot of good teams to get through.
3: Yes, as well. And then this coming up um, Sunday, I will be watching uh, the great the the race from Martinsville. So I think that's going to be a really uh, great time to actually see somebody actually winning the Grandfather Clock as well. So I know it's been um, it, it, it's one of those. Races that that most race fans like myself would actually look at a, at, a, at the schedule and say, okay, we're actually they're actually going to do the race in Martinsville, so I want to see who's going to win the uh, Grandfather Clock in Martinsville, uh, Tennessee. If I'm uh, saying that correctly.
1: Yes, you are. It is at Martinsville. Did you see that Chase Elliott is coming back after his leg injury?
3: Yes, I did actually see that. And um, I don't – I mean, that's very hard to actually come back, but I'm not quite sure um, between now and Sunday who's going to fill in for him uh, until he gets uh, 100% uh, healthy on that leg as well.
1: Well, I mean, he he is coming back. So Josh Berry had been uh, subbing for him over the last six weeks because he he broke his leg uh, snowboarding in Colorado after the second race of the year. And so he will be back in the car this weekend.
3: Okay. So um, that's a really good thing as well. So, um, you know, this is uh, something that I've been looking forward to uh, for this race. And then the next race they're doing, uh, they're actually uh, next Thursday in Darlington Raceway, they're actually doing a throwback race uh, in Darlington Raceway on Thursday. So they're going to have – like, at the beginning of the race, they're going to have uh, a lot of uh, former drivers that, that won the race there in Darlington uh, Raceway as well. And then they're going to uh, have, um, you know, some, some, you know, they're going to go through, like, the timelines of, um, of the different years that, you know, over 75 years of NASCAR. And they're going to have, like, some iconic uh, cars that's been racing in okay. Darlington uh, Racetrack as well.
1: Yeah, so I I think uh, that's coming up next month. I think May fourteenth is when I i see on my schedule uh, mm-hmm. that, that they have the the Darlington race and, and Throwback Weekend, all that. That is a really fun time. Darlington's one of those tracks that's been around for a long time, and sometimes they get some different commentators that used to race in NASCAR that that are uh, maybe been retired for a long time and. Uh, they do a good job with that throwback weekend, but you know, next week you know, after this Martinsville race this weekend, next week they're at Talladega.
3: Yes, because I think uh, this week, uh, next week on the fourteenth, I will be watching that one on Fox Sports One because that was one of my uh, favorite races of of all of all time as a little kid uh, watching it, and one of my favorite commentators was, um, uh, I think in the eighties, I think it was like. Uh, uh, ben Squire, if if you know, who yeah, Ken I'm,
1: Squire, yeah,
3: yeah. I I remember that that uh, commentator when when they actually did uh, that race in Darlington in the '80s. It was like '88 to '89 year as well. So I was I was pretty you know young at heart, and that's when I started you know learning about NASCAR, and that's how I got in, involved into that into this kind of sport as well
1: yeah he is a he is a legend he he was in the eighties and nineties uh as a uh, as a commentator and uh worked for a couple different stations there and and he is definitely a legendary commentator yes
3: um now i know with the n f l uh trade uh deadline um uh, where do you think that aaron rodgers will actually mate you know where will he actually go right now because i know he was trying to he was saying that he wanted to stay in green bay but i think the new york jets might want him as well so do you think he might have a shot at new york as well
1: yeah so i actually think there's uh, that he's come out and said he wants to be new york jet too and the jets are trying to work on a fair trade package uh, with draft pick compensation and the packers have not been happy with what the Jets have offered so far. So that has kind of dragged for a while. And I honestly don't know when that gets uh, when that deal gets done. I do think that Rodgers will end up on the Jets because that's kind of what both sides want to have happen. But they're still kind of bickering over uh, what draft compensation to give.
3: Yeah, because I know um, with that, uh, I looked at uh, Odell Beckham uh, Jr. He's actually – uh, going to play with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens as well so they did uh, pick him up as well and I think he he would he would be a really good fit for Lamar Jackson and I do see the Baltimore Ravens actually making it to this year's Super Bowl as well
1: yeah that was a big pickup for the Ravens It made a lot of people wonder if if the Lamar Jackson contract is imminent or uh if it's still gonna be a little while till he officially re signs with the Ravens.
3: Yes, yeah, so I think uh I think he would uh re sign with the Ravens because I think the Ravens do need him as well and I think he should stay as a Raven and then, you know, retire and maybe uh, maybe open up the doors to Canton, Ohio and just walk in with some of the great uh legendary uh Ravens that played with the Baltimore Ravens as well.
1: Well, James. Speaking of NFL, we finally have some uh, NFL draft trivia that you've been wanting for a little while already. So, uh, do you want to get on to trivia now? Uh, sure. All right. Well, let's let's get to it then. Bruce, All right, you got James. You? Yeah.
2: You ready for some NFL draft trivia?
1: Yes, because it is
3: coming up right around the corner.
2: That's right. One week or two weeks from today is the first round of the NFL draft. So, with that being said, what year was the first NFL draft held?
3: Um, I would have to say that was 1968.
2: Not quite. You got a little bit. Go a little bit older than that.
3: Um. Hmm. I would have to say 1973.
2: No, not quite. Here, do uh, you want some? Want some options? Uh, sure. All right. So your options here are A 1936, B 1949 c nineteen fifty eight or d nineteen sixty
3: seven i'll have to say that will be d nineteen sixty seven
2: no it was nineteen thirty six is the first year of the nfl draft
3: mm mm-hmm. okay it was it was in nineteen thirty six in uh the nfl draft's first year in that first uh sa- in that same year i think they did their first draft in new york in the uh, I think it was like in the Marriott Hotel Ballroom. If yeah. I'm mistaken.
2: Yeah. Do you ready for your second one? Yes. All right. We're going to do multiple choice. Is that okay?
3: Yeah. All right.
2: Funny. Multiple choice. Which college has produced the most draft picks in NFL history? Is it A. Michigan, B. Notre Dame, C. USC, or D. Texas?
3: I would have to say that would be A. Uh, Michigan? Michigan.
2: No, not quite. You want another guess?
3: Um, I'll take another guess. I know it's not Notre Dame, and I know it's not Michigan, so it will have to be Texas.
2: No, it's not Texas. You were almost there. You, you said their name just a second ago.
3: Oh, Michigan. No. I mean, uh, Notre Dame. That's
2: right. It is Notre Dame. Good job. Yes. All right. Next. Which of the following schools has not had a number one overall draft pick since the year 2000? Is it A, Alabama, B, Florida State, C, Georgia, or D, Penn State?
3: Oh, I know this one. Um, Because I used to watch the NFL draft in 2000, and I know I would have to say it will be Alabama.
2: That is correct. Alabama has not had a number one overall draft pick since the year 2000.
3: Yeah, because that was um, my first time ever watching the NFL draft in 2000 as well.
2: That's right. All right, you ready for your next one? Yes. Which of the following players was not selected number one overall? So we're looking for the player that was not the number one overall pick. Was it A, Calvin Johnson? B, Jake Long? C, Carson Palmer? Or D, Mario Williams?
3: Uh, let me see. I think this would be... I'll have to say... I'll take a long uh, pass at this one, so I'll have to say that would be Carson Palmer.
2: No, it's not Carson Palmer.
3: Um, You're close,
2: though. His name no, does start with a C.
3: Um, I think that would be... Uh, uh, Williams?
2: No. It, it, it was Calvin Johnson. Oh,
3: Calvin yes, that, Johnson
2: was not a number one overall pick.
3: Yeah, that is right. Because they did a um, 30 for 30 on, on the NFL Network with Calvin Johnson, and he did say uh, that he didn't get picked overall in the first round of the NFL draft.
2: Yeah, that's right. All right, you ready for your last one? Yes. All right, we're going back to 1983 with this one, some little throwback draft. How many, okay. qu- how many quarterbacks were drafted before future Hall of Famer Dan Marino in 1983? Was it A, 3, B, 4, C, 5, or D, 6?
3: Oh, I know this one. I would have to say that would be 6? 6. six. No, mm-hmm. not quite.
2: You're very close, though.
3: Mm, I'll probably say C, three.
2: Well, you want C is five.
3: Okay, five.
2: That's correct. Five quarterbacks were drafted before Dan Marino in 1983.
3: Yes. That was a good job and, on trivia today, James. Uh, thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah, absolutely, James. And uh, uh, any final thoughts? for to let you go.
3: Um, the only final thought that I would have is that I would love to see Auburn uh, actually beat Alabama on Friday as well, and actually take them out as well.
2: Well, James, you'll have to send us a picture on Twitter
3: from you when you're at the game. Um, I sure will do that. I will actually do
1: that as well. All right, James. Well, we appreciate your phone call today. We hope you have fun at the Auburn Alabama baseball game tomorrow. All right. Sounds good and War Eagle. War Eagle. That is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We need to take our next commercial break of the show. More Sports Call coming up right after this.
0: On the air, weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show.
1: I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Back to sports call on this Thursday. Ryan Lavoy and Brooks Childress with you here, coming to you live from our studios on South College Street. Appreciate James from Montgomery for joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Also, just got to visit with our good buddy Diehard Die, who just stopped by the studio. Appreciate him uh, for always listening to us and calling in from the uh, from time to time. Really appreciate him for for stopping by, uh, and he's uh, he's always been really good to us, and we appreciate. Uh, appreciate him for stopping by he he's a good listener one one a good listener uh,
2: but two he, he always you know he'll stop by every once in a while' we'll chat it up with us and then he's one of the biggest thunder chicken softball fans that we have yes. he brings the whole fam down to the softball complex while we're out there I'm not gonna say playing yeah, he has that, witnessed
1: the uh, atrocities yeah <laughs> that's a good way of putting that he has witnessed the lack of athleticism of which a lot of us uh, provide I do give it a go in center field though. Hopefully he's seen me dive and bear roll at least once, but uh, and make the play, not uh, just dive. Make the play, yeah, yeah. We don't we don't dive for moths and, <laughs> and for, for for flies out there. We we try and actually catch the softball. But he's seen me standing in the dugout, you know, encouraging. <laughs> Here we go, kid. Let's go, kid. Yep, take ball four, please. <laughs> <laughs> Only way we can get on. Take ball four. Uh, but we do appreciate Die Hard Die uh, for for coming by. All right, so a few minutes left here in this first hour. Again, in hour number two, we will get to the SEC scheduling model. Uh, Our best guess of it, kind of what we want to see have happen, I I don't really know exactly how we want to term it. Uh, It's not really my projection. I was kind of playing Greg Sankey uh, an hour ago as I tried to fiddle with this, and I did not look at any other... Suggestions or mocks or mock ups. I know we've all kind of seen them in passing because a lot of services have done them over the past last month of what Texas and Oklahoma will mean arriving in the SEC schedule wise. So we're going to take a lot of our road, cra- long road trips. Yes, it does. It means big, uh, big crowds, a lot of history already to a very historic conference. So in hour number two, we will start to work our way through. Um, what we have as the three common opponents, and again, we're going to use the nine-team model because our nine-game model. Because I, I think if you read between the li- lines of everyone in the SEC, yes, there's going to be some teams like Vanderbilt and Kentucky, maybe Missouri or something like that that don't want the extra conference game because they don't want uh, a lesser opportunity at bowl eligibility. But I think that the bigger heads in the in the conference are going to prevail. And I think Greg Sankey is is more on board with the nine game model. And again, the logistics of it would you do you really just want one common opponent? Uh, the, the, I don't know. That takes uh,
2: away too many rivalries. It,
1: it takes it, it takes away a lot of rivalries. It also takes away the opportunity to guarantee some really big matchups year in year in this conference and. Again, at least you would still be rotating through everyone every other year. It's not like it's you. you it's all. Or, it was all or nothing with this past schedule model. If you did not play that one team every year, yeah, you weren't seeing them for four or five years. And now it will be different. Uh, but but still, I, I mean,
2: I'm just say if if you look at it, you know, I know the SEC. It just means more. Every game's a big game. But if you know, if you go to that model where you just have one common opponent every year. More than likely, nine times out of ten, Auburn's going to play Alabama every single year because of the Iron Bowl. But you would lose every single year Auburn getting to play Georgia, Alabama getting to play LSU. Those are big games, and those are always games that, like – and I know the the TV model is going to change here, too, with ESPN taking over the big package. But with CBS, those are two games that you're always like, oh, that could be the doubleheader day where you've got two big SEC games on CBS, and you lose that every single year.
1: Yeah, I I – uh, again it's it's a fascinating conversation to have that's why we're going to talk about it in length i don't want to uh, completely beat it to death before we even uh, get going here but that is something that we're going to do here in hour number two again if you want to call into the auburn bank phone line 334-887-341 locally toll free 1-888-9-TIGER9 with our few minutes before the end of hour number one let's get to today's birthdays and sports
0: it's time for today's birthdays and sports
1: Birthdays in Sports is presented by Max
0: Credit Union.
1: Today we've got Jose Rijo, who turns 58 today. He is a former MLB pitcher. Rijo was born in the Dominican Republic, made his major league debut for the Yankees in 1984 when he was 18, making him the youngest player in the majors at that time. His best years came early in the 90s when he was with the Reds, where he was an all-star and NL strikeout leader in 1990. He was named MVP of the World Series after getting two wins in the Red sweep of the A's. He is in the Reds' Hall of Fame. Jose Rijo turns 58 today. Ted Washington turns 55, former NFL nose tackle. Washington was born in Florida and was a state champion wrestler as a senior. Played college football at Louisville. Let's go Cards. And was an all-conference selection as a senior. Drafted 25th overall by 49ers in 1991. Played 16 seasons in the the league until his age 39 season. Four-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, and a Super Bowl champion. Ted Washington turns 55 today. Hunter Pence turns 41, former MLB outfielder Pence was born in Texas, played college baseball at UT Arlington. Let's go Mavs! (laughs) Being named Southland Conference Player of the Year. He was taken by the Astros in the second round of the 04 draft. Made his MLB debut in 2007. Best years were spent in San Francisco. And in Houston, four-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion. He is a member of the San Francisco Giants' Wall of Fame, the Praying Mantis. Fun nickname for Hunter Pence. Turns forty-one today.
2: Had a, had a very interesting batting stance because he was like hunched over and h- kind of he, he was hunched over, held the bat way out, like choked way up on the bat handle, mm-hmm. and was way just a little, little bit.
1: Yeah, and I think and, that's where the praying mantis came from. Just kind of
2: had a weird swing too, but
1: and he hustled. Yeah, gosh, if you want to teach someone uh, a younger player uh, how to hustle, just watch Hunter Pence do everything. He also got hurt a little bit. <laughs> doing some of that but he was a good ball player hunter pence turns 41 today and melvin gordon turns 31 free agent running back gordon was born in wisconsin and was Gateway player of the year as a senior played college football in wisconsin
2: for badges
1: where he played for four years and set several school and conference records as a redshirt junior in 2014 gordon won several individual awards including the jim brown and Duke walker awards he is a one was a one-time All-American after declaring early, taken 15th overall by the Chargers, two-time Pro Bowler, and won a Super Bowl in 2022 with the Kansas City Chiefs. Melvin Gordon turns 31 today. Jose Rijo, 58. Ted Washington 55. Hunter Pence 41. Melvin Gordon 31. Those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. We uh, we had a fun conversation with James in that we talked a little bit about everything. Uh, when James calls in, we usually go over it all. Uh, of course, um, we, you and I were watching Brooks earlier today, the, the press conference for one Chase Elliott. As yeah. he returns to NASCAR this weekend at Martinsville again. Talladega coming up next weekend. Uh, we are still trying to get together if we're able to get someone on the show for that like we did last year. If we don't, we certainly will try and get one in the fall. We're, we're, we're going through so many high school sports right now, which is a, a blessing uh, to be able to, to cover that much stuff, but also uh, in that you have a lot of uh, show disruptions and a lot of uh, weird times. Today we're on the air the full three hours, but tomorrow... Uh, you know, with Auburn University softball only on half the show. So it's kind of been a little bit harder to, to book guests and, and know exactly what to tell them uh, over some of these start times. And so we hope to get someone NASCAR related on here in the new near future. It's uh, going to be really interesting to see if Chase Elliott can end up qualifying for the playoffs uh, despite missing six races. Of course, NASCAR's most popular driver and the 2020. Champion. Most believe he's going to have to win a race to make the playoffs. I'm not so sure. I think that if he dominates points wise, if he runs up in the top five, top 10 very often, gets stay points and that sort of thing, I think it's still attainable. I'm not going to go into the uh, complete math and bore everyone with that, but I do think Chase does have a little bit of a window if he is able to con- consistently stay up top five and uh, top 10. But uh, we are looking forward to Talladega. You got to go, Brooks, to that fall Talladega race uh, with JJ last year. I had a lot of fun. Unfortunately, you will not be going to this spring Talladega race, nor will I. Again, alluding for the second time in the show to big life events for you coming up next weekend. I
2: don't know what you keep talking about.
1: I uh, Just the thing that's going to kind of dominate the rest of your life. You know, Something that's going to kind of change your life, I think, a little bit.
2: The Hugh Freeze era? At Auburn football
1: uh, yes but no <laughs> uh, something that's a little more permanent than even a successful college football coach would be let me put it that way uh we're gonna leave it at that for the end of hour number one again coming up in hour number two more your phone calls on the auburn bank phone line and then we'll have a ticket giveaway for auburn baseball coming up in the four or five Ooh. o'clock hour stay tuned i know it's not fair to you to say four or five o'clock hour we will promise the four o'clock hour how does that sound and then again in the four o'clock hour we will start going through uh the football schedule of what we would like to see as the three constant opponents for all of these SEC football teams when Oklahoma and Texas join the league. Stay tuned. A lot more sports call coming up here on this Thursday edition here on Tiger 95.9.
0: And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Hour number two starting right now of Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress with you here on now a sunny day. It was storming a couple hours ago and in other parts of Lee County, we unfortunately had... Smith Station baseball canceled for today. Brant drove all the way out there and is now having to drive all the way back, and I hate that for him. That sucks. Uh, that was a last minute uh, postponement there, and uh, now the games will be tomorrow, and we can't cover them because say, everyone's gone. I was going <laughs> to. So, well,
2: I was going to say uh, now due to uh, scheduling conflicts, we will not be able to air those games. So, so uh,
1: that is nature of it, though. Sometimes uh, Mother Nature does not cooperate. certainly did not cooperate last weekend inside Jordan Hare Stadium as we. Talked about numerous times. Uh, before we get to a little Braves talk, and again at four or fifteen or so, we're going to start chatting about this SEC schedule that we're trying to put together. Want to remind you about a great opportunity: lessons with Leor. Register your child for a chance to win a one-on-one basketball lesson for two with Leor Berman, a Mountain Brook, Alabama native and Auburn basketball walk-on. Lior worked his way into the rotation, became an Auburn fan favorite. Visit myaucu.org backslash Leor to enter again. myaucu.org backslash Leor to enter.
2: What a what a contest. How about that? The sharpshooter,
1: Lior Berman.
2: I think I'm a little too old to be entered into it, but I think my my basketball game does need to be taken to just a level. It, it's it's currently on the ground.
1: Got to get you. You were good from like the short corner. Got to get you be able to hit an elbow jumper too.
2: I I, I like my defensive effort. Um, I run around. Yeah. I run around. That's all you can
1: ever ask. Just now, just give a good effort. Now, if
2: you can get around me, I'm not catching up to you. I'm going to foul you from behind, probably. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> just uh flagrant or just just generic? No, just
2: generic. Okay. I don't mean to do it, but that's that's what's going to happen. That's no, your only option at yeah. that
1: point. All right, so let's talk a little Braves. Uh, Braves winners again last night. They defeat the Reds. Not quite a walk-off, but it was an eighth-inning go-ahead home run from Eddie Rosario, somebody that that needed it, had been struggling a little bit. His first home run and RBI of the season came at a very opportune time. And Braves, aside from the series with the Padres, where they dropped three or four, they played about as good as you can play overall sitting atop the NL East very early in the season with a nine and four record Braves visit the Royals coming up and this kind of leads me to where I want to talk about maybe not something Braves specific here but still with Major League Baseball as a whole. Brooks, I don't know about you where you stand because you love the sport of baseball. So you, you have thoughts and, you know, you do not like Rob Manfred. Yeah, he's the worst. <laughs> somehow,
2: so, let me, somehow he's a member of Augusta National Golf Club and I'm just appalled.
1: Did it make you lose a little respect for Augusta or could that ever happen?
2: I, I'll tell you what, what it made me do is it made me question if I wanted to actually go to the Masters wow. that I have to, like, maybe run into Rob Manfred. But also, I may value that.
1: Uh-huh. I may value they running into him. You know. the opportunity yeah. to tell him that he's not yeah, good. Tell him off a little bit. Um, but one of the changes that Major League Baseball has made, of which they've made quite a few, when you start to think about it the last couple of years, is the change to the scheduling. Hey, I guess the four o'clock hour is just going to be the schedule hour. But with Major League Baseball, you now play everybody. Okay, it is that I don't I don't know what the term they called for it—competitive balance schedule or or I, I don't know. I don't know what the exact term they used. But everyone plays everyone now in the league. I personally really like this because you play 162 of these bad boys and it is a sport while, yes, for 100 and some odd years you didn't and the value of interleague play and you had the, the fun thing going on where you had a DH in one league and not in the other. So when the American League team hosted an NL team, you, you had the DH but not vice versa. And just some of the, the things that baseball did that were a little bit outside the box I just think that when you play so many games, you need to see everybody. And I get that there would be some cherished opportunities, like you only play a team every every third year, that sort of thing. But my big question is, other than that was how it was always done, why? Why, why would that be the right thing to do, just because it was something that had always been done by Major League Baseball? We, we see in the NBA that everyone has always played everyone there. Yeah. And they 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 tear it. You play if you're I'm going to speak from a western conference uh, perspective. Say you're the Warriors, you play an eastern conference team twice. You play most of the western conference teams three times and you play everyone in your division at least four or you at least play everyone in your division four times. I think there might be one or two more opponents. You play four times. Same thing here in baseball. You're going to play everyone in the American League 3 4 time something like that if you're a rival you might have two, 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 two game sets there and then you still play everyone in your division what is it is the new number 13 times
2: that's what i was trying to count up here i was looking at their schedule but if
1: you just find one in L east opponent yeah, that would do you just count one but you gotta count them up through six months it was 18 or 19 and it outs down to like 14 15 somewhere in there and and you're still playing everyone else in the, in your own league 6 times. It, honestly, if I would just get the calculator out, I would be able to to tell you all because again, you got 15
2: 13. I just counted okay. the the Braves play the Nationals
1: 13 times this year. Okay, there you go. So 13 times is It's still that's four different series with everybody. And I just can't imagine in this in this age where you again, you worry about things getting a little bit stale at times in a sport that feels like they've had the most problem with that, and that's why they try to combat it with the pitch uh, pitch clock. I, I just think that this is going to be – look, there's no bickering over, oh, they well, someone didn't play that star player, and I've only seen this guy play one in every five years or yeah. something like that. Now they're coming to your park every other year. You're playing them every year. I don't know. Do you do you agree, or do you have an argument to the contrary?
2: And, and there's still, you know, there's still a couple teams in your own, like in the National League, that the Braves are going to play again. That's not in your division. Like next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're in San Diego. Oh yeah, just no, you still play two
1: series against everybody outside your division. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so
2: so it's 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 a fun schedule. I do like it because you have guys like you know a quick research here. Um. You have guys, uh, the the big superstars of the league. So let's say let's take let's take Shohei Ohtani. All right, he's been in the league since 2018. So that's what three six years in the league. This is his sixth year in the league. Well, how many times in those six years has he shown up at Truist Park? Once. It was last year, three game series over the weekend. Fun fact: I was there for the Sunday game that the Angels did win. Brandon Marsh had a huge game for them. Uh, but you have the, the, the arguably the biggest star in baseball once in six years that he's been there. And he's been hyped ever since he got – it's not like he came into the league in 2018 and you're like, oh, Shohei Otani, you know, he's a good prospect. Let's see how he does. No, when he came into the league, everybody knew this guy's the guy. He's going to be good, and he's just grown off of that. And so you, th- it's, it, I think it's very valuable. This is one of the few things that I will give credit to Major League Baseball. I'm not going to give credit to the man <laughs> – that is in, in, in top of Major League Baseball, but I will give credit to Major League Baseball as a unit for, for putting the schedule together because it's it you do like you said you get to see the stars of the game come to your ballpark now every other year when they if they play in the other division obviously if they're you know if they're in your division or if they're in the National League like for the Braves you got to see them every year at least once because they would come to your ballpark but now you get the chance to see Aaron Judge every other year. You get the chance to see Mike Trout, Shohei Otani every single, every other year. You get the chance to boo the Astros every other year. The Braves get the fact that because of how the schedule worked out, the Braves get to boo the Astros two years in a row. They had the Astros last year and the next uh, Saturday Sunday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday series, uh, which is the same weekend as a big life event for me. um, They get to boo the Astros and we may, you know, I may at that life event, I may take a moment to boo the Astros and Rob Manfred. Uh, but it's it's a I, I love it because it, it, you get to see everybody, you get a chance to play everybody, and you get some fun matchups. And you know, there's not often you get to see a, a Braves royals series. And I know it's not that's not the highlight series, right. but it's still you know teams like that the 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 Athletics, the the White Sox, the the Royals, the the Mariners. I don't think the Braves have hosted the Mariners if I'm remembering correctly since me and you went. In like sixteen or seventeen, somewhere around there. Maybe not. Because didn't they? Did they go to the Mariners last year, or was it here, uh, or what
1: in Atlanta here? Uh, I, uh, memories betraying me. I'm not, I'm uh, not but sure. But up until last yeah. year,
2: they hadn't played the Mariners since the last time, which was uh, since good good sentence there. So They haven't played the Mariners since the last time they played the Mariners. But it, I think it was what 16, the summer of sixteen they played the, those the Mariners. And so you've got players that are everywhere big players in the national in the American League that you don't get to see every single year. now you get to see them every single year and you get them in your ballpark every every other year it it's it's a positive move. and you know there there are some sports like you were talking about basketball. You have enough games you could play everybody. Baseball, you had enough games that you could play everybody. Well, don't know why you didn't, but now you do. Hockey is another cert. You play everybody in hockey. The only big professional sport that you don't play any, everybody in. I think even major league soccer, you almost play everybody. You, there's a couple teams that get left out, but you're, you've got a good rotation there. The only sport that you cannot play everybody because it's such a physical sport is the NFL. You cannot play 32 teams in the NFL every single year because there's not 32 weeks in the NFL. And so you, that, that's the only big professional sport that you cannot physically play every single team in, your, in the league every single year. But if you've got 162 games a year, use them properly. We don't need to see, you know, and, and I know they're big division games, but we don't need to see the Braves play the Phillies 15,000 times a year. I don't need it to be every other weekend they're playing the Phillies or the Nationals or the Mets. It, they're big division games, but the, you're still getting them with the schedule. Like we pointed out, you're still getting them 13 times, and every team in your division 13 times is good enough to settle a division. Yeah. Matched up with all the other results, so I like it. I yeah. don't, I don't see a downfall. I like it.
1: Yeah, I think the competitive balance there. I mean, it ma- makes sense because you you've got everyone on the schedule. There's no whining about wild card. Now, again, out of one sixty two, there's less whining there than there is in in other sports. But there's when you do something so often. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say, and you know, when it comes to ticketing, when you you know. If you've got a team that comes in like a, you know, let's go back to the Angels. You've got Angels coming in for on the old schedule, three-game series. Those ticket prices, on the secondary market at least, are going through the roof because everybody wants to see Shohei. Now, they're still going to be, you know, expensive on, when in this new schedule because it's still every other year that you get them. But they're not going to go. It's not as rare of a thing to go to, to get, you know, Shohei Otani into your house.
1: Yeah, I think... I think this is something I think that everyone's gonna pretty much enjoy is just the ability to see everyone play your team and 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 cycle through there. And again, with all the other sports doing it and Major League Baseball playing so many games, again, I just don't see why you would you would not to at one point. Um, so the so Braves will kind of start that up with playing the Royals this weekend, and again, they'll end up playing everyone. Uh, in Major League Baseball. One little uh, note of Auburn news before we take our next break. Devin Cambridge tells John Rothstein that he will visit Auburn next week. Auburn is one of the four or five schools that that John's considering, that Devin Cambridge is considering. And again, we are inching closer and closer to the first player that we know of in the portal to leave a school play a full year somewhere and then return to the previous school uh severe wheeler is in the process of potentially doing that with georgia uh, after he announced he's hitting the portal from kentucky is if you go back
2: to if you're like devin cambridge is coming on a tour of auburn do you just show up and say hey what's new and you know let's go out to eat because is that
1: restaurant (laughs) open yet
2: ask if my locker's still open can i have my locker back yeah. I, that's not like that. It's not you know, usually you know, you go on a tour, and it's like, oh, these are our facilities. He knows everything. He knows every everybody. It's it's just like a it's a welcome back.
1: That's what we were joking about yesterday on the show. It's a little different for like Severe Wheeler going to Georgia because at least the coaching staff is completely different. Might not have had a good relationship with Tom Crean. For for Devin, it's just like i don't know if this is like well i i wanted to play with my brother it was cool but i really did love auburn time to come back or grass is not always greener on the other side even though he played pretty well with arizona state this year averaged about 10 points a game and they made the tournament i mean it's not like it was a miserable experience i wouldn't think at least not on the surface publicly but um i, I again it, it's 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 fascinating but there's a reason devin chose auburn in the first place and maybe he's coming back around to that reason again auburn has the the open scholarships and they might still have a couple more open still talking to a, a lot of players at this time we're going to take our first time out here of the second hour of the show when we come back we will start talking about the schedule model for the sec and as we go to break we want to give you the opportunity to win four baseball tickets to auburn versus sanford Next Tuesday, 6 o'clock inside of Plansman Park. First caller right now, 334-887-3401. can claim their four tickets to Auburn versus Samford inside of Plansman Park next Tuesday, 6 o'clock. We'll be right back with more Sports Call after this.
0: Want to call into the show? Send us your thoughts via email. You've got mail sports call at the tiger.fm. Let's get back to sports call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334 887 3401 or toll free at 1 888 9 Tiger 9.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call on this Thursday afternoon. Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress with you here. Another l- quick tidbit of news. I told you about Devin Cambridge visiting Auburn next week. In Braves news, bad news, Orlando Arcia underwent an R- MRI and CT scan that revealed a microfracture in his left wrist. He will be placed on the injured list. And then also Ian Anderson underwent surgery, to repair the ulnar collateral ligament in the right elbow the ucl performed by dr keith meister in arlington texas of course that is also known as tommy john surgery so uh, not good braves updates knew about ian anderson knew that orlando rca got hit last night in the wrist and unfortunately it's a micro fracture i have no idea what the timetable will be but i would expect at least a few weeks on the injured list braves are been very injured to start the year
2: honestly it feels like and I, I don't know – I don't have a, an article or anything in front of me to back this up, but it feels like a microfracture is one of those injuries that is, is going to linger throughout the year because it feels like if, if – if, I think if I remember correctly, someone got hurt with a fracture, and it may have been a microfracture. It may have just been an actual fracture, and I, and I may be off base here, but the, the, the consensus was you'd rather break it all the way
1: than just fracture it. I, interesting, you know I've heard that about some injuries. I I, I don't know which ones in particular, I, I, but I have heard that before, so I kind of know what you're getting at. Yeah. Uh, so again, don't don't know the specifics. Our friend Kevin McCalpin said top low. So I, again, I don't know what timetable he's looking at. Could we see Vaughn Grissom? Could we see Braden Shoemake? We shall see. I think we'll probably have to see one of them, and now a decision will have to be made today. And uh, in Kansas City tomorrow, yeah, we'll start to see it. They might, you know, Adrianza will get some starts, but he's more of just the backup utility guy. I don't think he's, I I think whoever they call up is going to start. And,
2: you know, and the thing going into this season is a lot of people were saying, oh, it's Grissom's job to lose at the shortstop. And then Arcia really impressed in spring and then came out of the gates and was really good out of the gates. You're like, oh, well, this is what they were seeing. And then. This happens last night, and I, I was in the middle of the, um, I was in the middle of doing the the uh, Beauregard game, and I think it was between games, and Brandt came over the headset and told and said, "Hey, he just got hit," and I'm like, "Darn it!" Yeah. And I, and you know he, the way he Brandt said the way he reacted, it was not not positive. Yeah, he
1: ended up leaving the game. Adrianza came in. Tough blow for the Braves and for Orlando Arcia. All right, time to get this show on the road. I know we're not uh, going on remote location. We are still very much here, uh, but we are going to now go through what we want to see happen. Our best job of playing commissioner with the SEC scheduling model. Again, we are operating under the assumption this will become a nine game league schedule with three opponents yearly, and then rotating the other uh, 12 in, in form of six. Um, I did, I, I, again, as everyone has, I'm sure at some point you've seen a few mock-ups of it, but I did not look at any of them when I was making this out before the show today. I did this all on just what I tried to make fit. There are one or two oddities to it. I'm, I know everyone would be very curious to see what I did with the third Auburn game, but I tried to guarantee everyone their biggest rival. And then we tried to work from there. And Brooks is kind of participating in some of this as we go too. Um, so I don't know. I, I think we're going to, here's what we're going to do we're going to start with a couple of the big ones, and then, and including Auburn, go ahead and bury the lead, so to speak. And then when we finally finish this exercise, either at the end of this hour, probably be sometime next hour, we'll remind you what we got uh, for Auburn. So I'm going to go ahead and start. Uh, with what we did uh, with Alabama, Arkansas, and Auburn, a couple of these West West teams, okay? Um, again, this is what I did. Brooks can, is going through it right now. Uh, he was uh, producing some stuff for us before the show. Uh, you can so, say I was being lazy. Uh, no, that's – well, that would not be truthful. I like to tell the truth. You were working hard. So, um he will kind of fill in here and give some fast thoughts, and maybe he has some differences. Maybe he does not. I do not know. We shall see. So here's the three I gave to Alabama, and I think this, from what I remember seeing of some of the mock-ups, I think this one is a is a pretty common one. I've got Alabama playing Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee. Okay, those are all rivals to Alabama. Now, that does not work out for every single... School that we're going to go down the list. It does not always, it did not always make sense to everyone that everyone cares even a little bit about to give them to because there's three or four teams in this conference that you could make an argument could 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 dislike five or six of the teams in this conference. Obviously, you're only playing three, but it worked out. Obviously, the Iron Bowl is going to happen. I mean that that's just that's obvious. Um, LSU is one of the more fascinating teams to see who they're given. We'll get to them in a little bit. But I did give them this, uh, this Alabama-LSU game. It's been it's been one of the very best SEC games for a decade-plus now. Yeah. I, I think that game has to happen. And then I did go with Tennessee. And look, uh, I think Nick Saban already said something a few weeks ago to the effect of that would be brutal. Uh, to a degree, yes. Um, but also, things were always cyclical. You, you understand the deal with Auburn. I hope you'd understand the deal with LSU. And Tennessee's a rival, too. I mean, these are all rivals at yeah. the end of the day. And look, it is a little tougher. I'm not going to say not, but it doesn't. It's not unreasonable. It, it's not like these are teams that Alabama's never played, or as I'm not sticking Oklahoma and Texas in for. Yeah, for for poops and giggles, just <laughs> just because oh, those are big brands.
2: You're, I to say it, it's not you're not sick in Alabama with Georgia and LSU no. and Auburn right. all in the
1: same year. So I mean, if if you think that's too difficult, just get over it. How does that sound? Uh, but and also with Tennessee, it's Tennessee's been a weaker opponent for the last fifteen years. Yeah. It's, it's just this last year where Hypel finally got Tennessee. Uh, back in in the in the, in the national spotlight, and there's no guarantee that's going to continue. By the way, that's one great year. We'll see post Hendon Hooker how it goes. But I've got Auburn, LSU, Tennessee. Do you like that, Brooks? Any changes? Or Is that what you're looking at so that, far? I don't I'm know tr- where you're in. Where, I don't know where you're at in your process yeah, right now.
2: Um, I, I at least have Auburn and Tennessee with with Alabama. I'm trying to figure out. I want to put. I want to give the Alabama the third game to LSU, but. I, I'm I'm trying to figure out. I was trying to do this. I don't looking at each team and trying to just yeah, pick apart. It, but I think I think I'm with you. I think I'm going to end up putting Alabama with LSU for that third game. I you know it it's your 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 two traditional rivals with you know Auburn every single year with the, the Iron Bowl and then the third Saturday in October Tennessee and then that LSU rivalry. You know we've we've been a couple times to LSU. Yeah. And they they don't like Alabama. Nope. And and we've you know we've we've had a few Alabama fans that call into the show and they don't like LSU. And so I know it's not a rivalry that's always been there. It's like oh throughout yeah, from history, the beginning of time. yeah. But yeah. uh, but it's 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 still two big teams. It's a marquee matchup. Like we said earlier, it's it's a game that you're always like oh that could be the Saturday night game on CBS. You know. Obviously things are gonna change with the T V contract, but that's a game that you look at and you say, That that could decide the West. It, yeah. it's it's always a game It that has you, most years. Yeah. It's always a game that you look at. It did this year. It did this year. Then you, it was surprising that it did yeah. this year. Um but th- that's the that's the thing is you came into this season, you looked at that LSU and Alabama game, you're like, Oh, Alabama's got this. It you know, it, it's just a formality. They gotta run through their schedule. Well Brian Kelly said, Well, hold on there, family <laughs> We we've got some something to say in this rivalry, and they've won in You know, they won in Baton Rouge in overtime, and so even when LSU is down, and it was you know it was a couple years ago. Orgeron's, I think, his last year, the year before his last year, they were down, and he still gave them a really good game in Tuscaloosa, I yeah. think, and so. It, it's a game that, that it's it's been a newer rivalry in the SEC West as in, in terms of competitiveness, but it's still a game that you look at every single year. Like You circle on your calendar when you're looking at the schedule and say, this weekend, that could be a, the marquee matchup for the weekend.
1: Yeah, between that Alabama-LSU game and the Iron Bowl, I mean, that that has decided the West since Saban got to Tuscaloosa almost every single year, either Bama-LSU or, or Auburn-Alabama. And, and that's been such a big game the last 15 years that I feel like that needs to happen. And then again, like I said, with the Tennessee piece, I know that for a while, uh, Tennessee was not holding up their end of the bargain. But that should also be reason why it's more acceptable, strength of schedule wise, because Tennessee has proven they're not consistent, at least not, yeah. not in the 21st century. So, um, that's what I went with Bama, and I agree. When we get to LSU, uh, here's something else I want to do. I want to talk about some other possibilities. This might end. The sh- this might be the last hour and a half of the show. I don't know. There's no promises. Of course, if you do want to break this up, you can call us on the Auburn Bank phone line. But as we go through these teams, I want to discuss some other possibilities. Okay, for Alabama's side of things, if you didn't go, uh, obviously we're Auburn's happening. If you didn't go LSU or Tennessee, if you were to uh, excuse, excuse me, consider some others look for for schedule balance, you could try and argue one of the lesser West teams. But again that 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 kind of wastes the game um, that that doesn't make more sense from a historical standpoint. say, oh, you know what if just you know you had Alabama and Arkansas. Okay, awesome. good for you. That doesn't really do anything for you with the schedule. Uh, if you wanted to pair them with a brand, With a team that's great now, obviously everyone would slobber if it was Alabama and Georgia year in, year out with what Kirby's got going at Georgia, but again, that seems uh, not necessary. Yeah, Maybe you would make it a little more imbalanced at that point. You could say, okay, Oklahoma or Texas, come on down to the five or six most historic programs matching up each and every year. I'd be fine with it. I'm not going to contest that, but... For the sake of this exercise, is not what I went with. I went with Auburn, LSU, Tennessee. All right, going on to Arkansas, and then we'll hit Auburn right after Arkansas. Arkansas is one of those teams where they have history now with a lot of co- a lot of teams in this conference. Now they're not necessarily the top of anyone's rival list, or at least not many teams. But because they came out of the what was it, the Big Eight? Or, yeah. or Big 12, I don't know if it was Big 12 yet, Big 8. They played all those teams in the Southwest Conference, et cetera. I'm going all over the place. I'm mixing up. Arkansas played the likes of Texas and Oklahoma and all that. They used to do that. And now they've been in the SEC since the early 90s. And so they've developed a history of just about everyone. Here's the three I went with. I went with Texas. You saw that game last year in the non-conference, or I guess two years ago in the non-conference, and that was a very fun game. I went with Texas A&M. They've, they've played Texas A&M since A&M came in the league, obviously being West teams, but that has always been kind of the featured rivalry game, yeah. it feels like, for Arkansas uh point of view. I know they've had some rivalry history with LSU, too, but A&M has always been a dramatic game early in the season and on a neutral site, by the way. And then I gave them Missouri – That's usually now who Arkansas finishes with. Arkansas used to finish with LSU, Battle for the Golden Boot, and um, now they have been finishing, if you'll recall, usually it's a Friday, I want to say, in between Thanksgiving um, and and the Iron Bowl Saturday. They have been going Arkansas-Missouri. So, again, you're playing teams that have all been a part of the Big 12 at some point recently. It's geographically responsible to Arkansas uh, always playing someone that uh, essentially borders them, so I went Texas, Texas A and Missouri. What do you think?
2: Yeah, um, I, that, I th- this is going to be where the first thing we we differ on, and it's the second team. So the the rest of this activity should be really fun. Uh, but I also went Missouri. I, I put Missouri in there because of their new little you know fake rivalry that the SEC. Through in there the battle line rivalry whatever it is um i put uh th- this is also one that i'm, I'm like uh, not fully wrapped up with because I'm, I'm trying to figure out who i want for the third game and so missouri uh, uh versus arkansas i went to the i went battle line rivalry and then i went south and i'm i'm giving them the golden boot every year uh with lsu and now this is where I, this is where i'm trying to i'm tripping up here because i want to give them like like you said, one of those big, one of those uh, big eight rivalries, but I don't know who to put with, because I'm trying to figure out who I want to also put with Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas A and I I don't know if I want to give because you know, if I do that if I if I give Arkansas one of these, then that's guaranteeing a- Texas A and M is either not playing Texas every year or not playing Oklahoma every year, um, and so it, it's this is man, this is a. This, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Arkansas Oklahoma. So I, I think that's you know I didn't I don't wanna obviously I don't want to give Arkansas like the 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 shaft of the West, of the S C C West.
0: There you-
1: they're used to it, though.
2: <laughs> they are. Uh, what was it? There was a couple years ago. They played like Notre Dame and uh, some uh, someone else was big, and they. Well, they had, had Georgia back
1: to back years. That's right, they did. Which is tough, tough Brutal. get for the west for a Western team to have to deal with that. So yeah, so I think I'll
2: give them the Golden Boot every year with LSU. I'll give them the battle line with Missouri every year, and then I'll give them Oklahoma every single year, and that I think that geographically makes sense because there you get north south, and then west. I think Arkansas borders Oklahoma, or they're close to bordering Oklahoma. Uh, so it, it's it's right there, and it, it's not that far a drive for the, those three. And especially because those three are regional, the fans can make the trip too every single year.
1: Yeah, Arkansas borders a lot of states. It borders uh, – I'm not even talking about the eastern side of it, but, yeah, it, it, it's got hands in Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, and Louisiana. Arkansas borders a lot of it. But – uh let's go to the Omber Make phone line, three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally. toll Tollfree one triple eight nine at 9 here to join the conversation is Jeff from Columbus. Jeff joins us. Jeff, how are you doing?
4: Great. You're doing great, guys. Man, I I'll just t- take a minute of your time because I enjoy your conversation here this evening. But um uh are is there still gonna be an East and West conference?
1: Uh I it does it does not sound like it. I think it's going to be okay. just 16 teams just just all together.
4: Okay. Uh, and then will they have a championship then, I guess?
1: Yes. They they will That's have a championship game our... top 2 records. Yep.
4: Top 2 records. Okay. So it's it's pretty important who you get as your rivals then if there's not a I just thought maybe they were moving I know that one time, you know, everybody was thinking they'll move Auburn out and Alabama to the east, which makes sense to me. So I don't have to go to Missouri and Arkansas, you know, or Missouri or wherever. But, um, uh, okay, so that makes sense. I was just trying to figure out. And you, are you talking they are giving a, three permanent opponents?
1: So or it hadn't been decided yet. So all, the, so again, all this is undecided. This is our our speculation. But what Greg Sankey has said is that it will either be, they are looking at two main models, and it will either be an eight game league schedule with one uh, constant opponent and seven rotating, or it will be a nine game model with three constant and six rotating.
4: Okay, three nine get, Oh, okay, I got you. Because that that's
1: how you end up playing yeah, everyone in the league within two
4: years. Right, I understand. And well, heck, I mean, seriously, it seems like most of the players don't care if they're here for four years. So why should we care if they dang get to play every in every stadium they want to? But I mean, not not everybody's like that, I guess. But um, okay, and uh, I I'm with you all. I I guess you all are on the nine and three. That would. The best. I mean, because there are a lot of rivalries. I mean, I would like, you know, Georgia to keep Auburn, Florida, and Tennessee. You know sure. what I'm saying? So um, I guess that's a possibility with the way this. I just wanted to put in, uh, uh, hey, and real quick, um, Ryan, with your GM skills, okay? <laughs> okay. What is to keep you from spending your NIL money and just going out? And getting the best players off of every team at Auburn or anything like that, I mean there is no salary cap right right, or anything like that, so I mean, I know legally the coach isn't supposed to go out and recruit people from another team, but I don't see where's i mean there's nothing against it is there
1: no i look I mean yeah. You're not supposed to contact people for they're in the portal. I, I don't know what the repercussion right. of that's supposed to be or because there's no, really no good set of rules that uh, shock her from the NCAA. But um, the, the thing is is if you did that time and time again, I think that other coaches would definitely start blowing the whistle on, on that person if you did it too much, uh, even though they probably do it themselves. And then also you'd have to think about how expensive it would be to pay for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 guys every single time to not only go to your school, but to just completely pluck them out of another good school onto your school. You see what I'm saying? That's not just going to be your run-of-the-mill, few hundred thousand dollar endeavor. They're probably going to have to pay that kid a couple million to get them off of a big school onto another one. It creates some huge bidding war or something. So you couldn't... I know big programs would do it a lot, uh, and and small programs would not be able to do it at all. But at some point, they would start to feel uncomfortable if they've got like twenty million dollars worth of transfers just for one team. That's that's a bit much uh, for, for but, to do that each and every year.
4: Right, and but like Alabama's been saying for a long time. I mean, just what you get when look how much money income your school makes from a national championship or a good football team you know what i'm saying the the money that nick Saban, you know they're not taking a hit by giving nick Saban all the money he wants because look everybody you know everybody wants to go to alabama they're you know they uh, all the merchandise and all that so i mean I, I i don't believe it's fair i don't but you know i i was just curious what's to keep a bag man you know from just going around and say hey we'll pay you Hundred grand more than they're paying you here, you right. know? And and like you say, even in there is no salary cap, so I mean, somebody eventually might just figure it out. And you don't need the best thing, or, you know. You get a good quarterback, some receivers, offensive linemen. You don't need a, the best kicker in the league when you're going to score seven points or six points every time you come down the field. So, I mean. I don't see where it's unrealistic, and I don't believe that it's not happening. Maybe that's what George is doing. Maybe that's, you know, it seems like that's what Miami's doing. You know, so in oh, Texas a and M, I I guess they tried it and failed. But right. I was just curious to give you something to think about. Uh, go on with your topic. I do enjoy it, and I, I yes, hate sir. to interrupt you all, but thank you all for taking my call.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I, Jeff. Appreciate you calling in and listening. listening. That is Jeff from Columbus joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We're about to get to Georgia. We're probably going to run out of time in this hour but we will be getting the georgia top of the five o'clock hour um yeah no the the nil stuff that 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 is always uh, you know a lot of people are still confused by it because again there's not i can't i couldn't go to a website right now and read you the amount of rules you need to have on this you know that just does not the amount of guidance required just does not exist right now yeah uh, and that's what so many different coaches and and administrators have been frustrated with. That's what look if you're asking for Congress to help, you know something is bad because Congress is very inefficient and is not not very good at what they do sometimes.
2: If you are asking the federal government for help and it is not a natural disaster in your area <laughs> right. that you're you're doing that something's gone wrong.
1: So we only have another minute and a half or two because we've had to combine some breaks here. But uh, so. We were on Arkansas. Yeah. What was your final three that my, you went with Arkansas?
2: My final three, and I had to, while, while Jeff was talking, I juggled some things around. I almost had a scenario, just spoil going forward, yeah, go ahead. Uh, where I almost had Ole Miss and Mississippi State playing twice because I thought I figured out how to get <laughs> Texas A&M and Oklahoma to play each other. Uh, can't do um, that. So can't, can't do that, although that would be fun, as you have them at the beginning and the end of the year. But my uh, three for Arkansas was LSU, Missouri, and Oklahoma.
1: And you see, I think with, with LSU, there's one or two on here that I'm, I'm still contemplating. I'm now contemplating. And I had it written down in pen, dried ink. But, there, but the Arkansas LSU one is something that would make sense. I went Texas, Texas A&M, and Missouri. Again, Texas, there was some passion there when they played a couple of years ago. There's yeah. always been something uh, since they've entered the league with Arkansas and A&M. Again, they've had some tremendous neutral site games. And I think everyone will call the doink last year. And then the Missouri game, you, I mean, it is manufactured to degree. But again, they used to play each other; they border each other. Yeah, it does. They do have. A, they did slap a name on the rivalry, so it's not a nothing burger. You know, it's not. It's it, it might not be sexy, but but Missouri's going to have to play three teams, and at least with Arkansas, it would make sense on Missouri side because again, there's it's a two way street with all this. Yeah, and you have to think about both perspectives. And and that might mess you up sometimes when when considering, well, for this school, these three are the right. But this other school needs somebody that makes sense. And that's kind of where my logic uh, comes with Missouri. I know that everyone would like to shove Missouri aside, (laughs) but they do count in this conference. They've been to a couple SEC title games. And look, anyone not named Vanderbilt still is trying to be competitively decent in this league. So... Um, that is what we got for Alabama and Arkansas. That moved very slowly. That is okay. We still have another hour to go on the other side. We'll start off with Auburn. We're going to have some heavy hitters Auburn, Florida, and Georgia. We're going to go over what we think their three constant opponents should be when you come back to this Thursday edition of Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show.
0: Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started.
1: Third and final hour of Sports Call starting right now here in Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Childress with you here. Again, full show today. That has not been the case too often here these last couple weeks. And again, a reminder that we will only be on the air about an hour and a half tomorrow with Auburn softball starting a series with LSU a lot of that fourth hour or four o'clock hour I should say we no this is not hour number five for us today a lot of that four o'clock hour I wonder I'm tired <laughs> well it was dominated by uh, the first couple schools that we have for SEC scheduling again reminder that we anticipate the scheduling model being developed by the SEC spring meetings in is it in Destin or, or Gulf Shore or Destin? Beach? Okay, it's in Destin. What, what's in Gulf Shores? Something's in at Orange Beach or something. I thought.
2: Um, I know the NCAA beach volleyball championships are down there.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I maybe I'm tripping. Did it used to be in Gulf Shores?
2: I've always heard. I've always thought about it in Destin. A Destin.
1: Okay. I, maybe I'm just. I'm not smart. So in Destin. No, you're smart. In the month of May is when I think that we can expect this scheduling model to be released once Texas and Oklahoma.
2: Oh, the, the soccer tournament. SEC soccer tournament there used to be in okay. Gulf
1: Shores. Okay. I don't know why I confused that with the spring meetings. but They moved th- them to Pensacola a, this year. A, at which least that is something. Makes the two-one a little salty. but th- Thank you for trying to bail me out there. <laughs> so we've been trying to go- give our best guess of what we would do. Not necessarily what will happen, but what we would have happen if we were making the schedule for these schools. We already went over Alabama and Arkansas. We had Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee for Alabama. Brooks had uh, – what do you have for Arkansas? I, I had uh, I,
2: I had their – the the th- three states that border them. I had LSU, that's, so I gave them the golden boot mm. back. I gave them their fake SEC made-up rivalry, the battle line rivalry with Missouri. And then I gave them Oklahoma.
1: Oklahoma is what it was. I had Texas, the other side of that big rivalry, Texas A&M and Missouri. All right, let's move on to Auburn. This is something that we have discussed in prior shows but we obviously need to so give our final declaration here. And
2: I'll tell you what, uh, just a spoiler before you even get to mine. I, we've, Like you said, we've definitely talked about this before. I went a different direction than I thought I was going to go with this. I did, too.
1: This. I did, too. Now, our first two are probably the same, and that is Missouri and Kentucky. No, I'm just kidding. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Alabama and Georgia. Correct. You, I I just think you can't get rid of the Georgia rivalry. Obviously, the Iron Bowl is going to stay. I, I don't think there should be any discussion too. It's a, it's a very good rivalry. It had been incredibly even until the last few years. I mean, both in program history and uh, wins and losses until Georgia's gone on this wrong uh, run with Smart. Uh, just very uh, very even history, and that it just needs to stay. So who's the third? I'll let you go first. Who's the third, Brooke? So Auburn? my
2: third is so all along, and after we we talked about it, and we you know we've we've discussed it before. I've continued to say I think it should be LSU, and that that's where I I really like that rivalry. I really like the the annual back and forth from you know Baton Rouge to to Auburn. But I went a different direction. I still stayed in the SEC West, but I went to the. Uh, land-grant school in the neighboring state. out to Mississippi State.
1: We have the exact same thing.
2: Well, hey, look at that. We thought the we would
1: Did we just become best friends? I think so. <laughs> so, what was your reasoning?
2: Uh, I just wanted Auburn to play two Bulldogs. Uh, no, <laughs> it it was... So, it, it really fell to who I wanted LSU to have, and... Uh, it, yeah, it, it, would, it wasn't
1: about Auburn for it, me, too. It wasn't
2: yeah. about Auburn. It was about who I wanted LSU to have, and... Also and not not to throw any shade toward Mississippi State but Alabama and Georgia and obviously you can't see this on radio but are, are here or way up up top right. Mississippi State they have their moments where they can you know see the sunlight every once in a while but usually they're a middling SEC the program even. Yeah. and and yeah they're hovering around that 8 to 6 to 8 wins a year sometimes if they're good yeah. they get up to 9 but I you know give give Auburn a little bit of a not a break but a little bit of an easier every single year opponent but it was more it it primarily it was more about who I wanted LSU to have than who I wanted Auburn to have because and and plus it geographically it it make you know there's a lot of Auburn fans that could make that trip to Mississippi State a lot easier than you can make that 4-hour drive, 5-hour drive whatever it is to uh to LSU.
1: Yeah, no, I, I was the same. Look, we we obviously look at it from the Auburn perspective. We have in recent shows when we have talked about it, but the SEC is not going to look at it from just one team's perspective. Yeah. And as much as we can banter about whether we want someone like LSU or Florida as another really, truly big brand and rivalry with Auburn, or if we want Cupcake City and want Vandy to just balance out and, and give Auburn – I'm not going to say a surefire win. Auburn has lost to Vanderbilt before, but a win that you would expect the vast majority of the time, then whether, whether which side of that equation you prefer, that either one might not be the reality. And I think with Mississippi State, that is the middle ground because that game still makes sense. That game has happened for a long, long time. It is a game that has been very ironically weird at times. And Mississippi State is someone that is a little bit below Auburn, uh, maybe a, a chunk below Auburn, but not a cupcake. Yeah, and, and has certainly had their their success recently more so than anything historically, just because of what Dan Mullen did and and Mike Leach was trying to do. But it is something that's still a bottom half SEC program. It's a team that's geographically reasonable, not sending Auburn to Columbia, Missouri for some odd reason every year. And, again, a team that that they have played uh, against each other all the time. So it's not going to satisfy everyone's craving for the absolute weakest, and it's not going to satisfy everyone's craving for the most fierce of rivalry. But I think that that is probably a reasonable expectation for what Auburn might end up with. So we both have Mississippi State. So we we both have Alabama, Georgia, and Mississippi State there. All right, on to Florida. This is one that was probably my weirdest. I mean, this is weird for me. I'm going to go first. Okay. Got Georgia. So there's two for Georgia right now. Shocker, Florida and, and Auburn from the Georgia perspective. <laughs> but that should happen, and it will. So, Georgia, South Carolina. Remember, other teams have to play three games. I I don't want to use that as the reasoning every single time I say, like, South Carolina or Arkansas or Missouri or something. But uh, Florida and South Carolina have a little something, even though Florida's clearly on a higher level. And then I went weird with the third one. I did find a brand game because I was struggling towards the end here. I went Florida and Oklahoma. Oh, That's going to be my hardest one to justify in terms of make this make sense regionally, make it make sense historically. I'm just going to tell you that that game ended up being a product of I didn't want Florida or Oklahoma to play another weaker team. I, I had – I don't want to – I'll go and explain. I had Texas and Missouri as the first two for Oklahoma. Obviously, Texas needed to happen, and Missouri – is a team they just got done playing the Big 12 and they had some feisty games despite I mean Missouri had Missouri's weird. They've had more success than we probably give them credit for. They've had more ran, randomly good teams than we than we realize and they had a couple of those with like Chase Daniel and stuff back at towards the end of the Big 12 days when Gary Pinkle was there. And again, regionally that makes sense. So I didn't want Oklahoma or Florida to have two bottom half sec teams they've got one florida's got south carolina oklahoma's got missouri i did not want a second so i put the two together as a brand game that is probably not going to happen again this is not a projection of what will it's just hey i think this would be good we kind of did this with florida once we had them play lsu in a crossover it kind of turned into something worth playing i mean i don't think it's going to end up staying in the new schedule but it became something pretty fierce and i think if florida gets back to national prominence this will get this could be something fierce at one point too um again i'm not going to argue that this will happen but this is kind of what i started to come up with towards the end of the process i'm like well i have got two big brands remaining i don't want another smaller team on here so that's what i stuck uh, florida and oklahoma together
2: so, I, I I went in a little bit of a different direction. Uh, I went Florida, playing, obviously Georgia. Yep. Um, and I'd like to put a star next to it. I would like to denote that game stays in Jacksonville. Okay. Um, neutral site. Uh, th- I've given them the LSU game again. Okay. And then we're going to have something just
1: vastly different for yep, LSU because
2: I did not go Oklahoma. Uh-huh. I did not. I did not stick the because you know up until. The, when Oklahoma and Texas joined in, the biggest trip was arguably Florida to Missouri. I, I did not yeah. stick. Now the biggest trip, Oklahoma to Florida.
4: Right.
2: I I stuck with a a, a little bit of a, a more regional game. Uh, I gave them Tennessee. I went from Georgia, LSU, and Tennessee for the Gators. I I, I do you know obviously I think the Florida Georgia game should not stick around because that's the you know big rivalry in the East. Jacksonville South's largest outdoor cocktail party you know it's not supposed to be called that anymore but I'm still gonna call it that um, I gave them LSU because I you know like you said <clears throat> it was a it was a permanent crossover game that was given to the two and it's kind of blossomed into a big rivalry it, it's one of those games that you kind of circle every single year and you're like this could be a really big sometimes it's not really big but everyone you know every, every few years uh, you're it's a big game but almost every year you look forward to it, and then I gave them to the Tennessee game because i I really you know the the two oranges clashing with each other. I like it uh I, I like keeping that little rivalry going. I know you know it was a couple years ago didn't uh wasn't it Dan Mullen looked around and said, "I'd love to see all this uh, Tennessee orange leaving the building and when that Florida beat them yeah. or something like that and i I do I like that rivalry between Florida and Tennessee and so and so i I, I kind of stuck with the more. I guess traditional esque schedule with Florida for their three.
1: What I'm getting, what I'm looking at as I start to have second thoughts about my own, I might not end up changing LSU, but I'm going to have to work with Tennessee's when I get down to Tennessee's. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, I, what, let's go on to Georgia and still kind of remember that Florida exists too. (laughs) Tennessee's going to need to play Georgia or Florida. And I didn't have that in my original. And I now know the error of my ways. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead on library and start just, you know, <laughs> changing the answers to the test here that I have. And I'll think of which one Florida, Georgia Brooks. What do you want me to do with Tennessee? I, I'll I mean, work, work. Obviously
2: off. I went with, uh, I went with uh Florida for them, but right. that, that doesn't mean you have to, um, Spoiler alert! If you you know if you want to still be different, I did not give Tennessee to Georgia. I gave them I, right. I, I gave them to Florida. So Tennessee, you know, obviously I gave them Alabama earlier. Now I've given them Florida, and so there's one more team that they have to play. And I've, I've yet to, or I, I know who I gave them to, but it, it's not going to be Georgia. I'm not going to kill Tennessee.
1: You know what's rough on this too is that like, here's my problem with okay. Let me let me just talk through my issue because I'm an idiot.
2: Can I uh? Uh, break. do some Braves news real quick before you continue?
1: Uh, yeah, what's up? Uh,
2: so, you know, we, we talked about Arcea not being there. The Braves have not announced a corresponding move for the Arcea, uh-huh. but Grissom, Grissom is not in lineup. tonight's starting lineup for Gwinnett. There you go. Per our friend Kevin McAlpin.
1: All right. <sighs> Golly. Continue. Golly. See, you make a... Here's the, here's the issue with this schedule. You make, an, you make a problem... Yeah. ...way earlier than you realize that there's a problem. Because, okay, here's what I was going to do. I This is just, I'm messing everything up. Rip it up. I had Tennessee playing Alabama, as we know from earlier. <clears throat> I had them playing Vandy in-state, but then I had them playing Kentucky. And that was more so a matter of East teams, got to fill games, we're towards the end of the line. Yeah. Here you go. Well, now I want Florida to play Tennessee. Florida would play Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee. Okay.
2: But that would take them away from Alabama.
1: Say that again. No, uh, Florida, Florida, no, Florida, Florida. Played Florida, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, Florida, Tennessee. Florida. Florida. But the issue Tennessee. is, why in the hell would Oklahoma play Kentucky? Why in They're, God's it, green earth would they play Kentucky? And that, grass versus no grass. And, and that's and that's why I had it at the end with a brand like Oklahoma playing Florida, because at least if I want to have them play someone that's not right next to them, like just coming out of the Big Twelve with them, yeah. Then I'm going to have them playing a big school. I'm not going to have them playing a random SEC school. And now I just I hate everything, and I probably (laughs) should just cancel my own list. For Georgia, I had Florida, Auburn, South Carolina. For Georgia, you can make an argument for Tennessee. Yeah. Um, South Carolina is someone they they played each and every year against South Carolina. You're struggling to find histories with a lot of teams. That's kind of why I put South Carolina with Florida, too, because yeah. they do have a little something there because of that Spurrier dynamic that lasted for seven or eight years at South Carolina. That caused them not to like each other much. And then, to a lesser degree, Muschamp did it, too. So that that they were linked in some subtle ways. Yeah. So I felt pretty good about South Carolina and Florida. South Carolina with Georgia, though... I had uh, – I don't know. Brooks, help me out. You keep going. All I'm right. going to copy your work. Go so, ahead. So Georgia, yep. under,
2: uh, so Georgia I, I think I did the exact same as you. I went Florida, Auburn, and South Carolina. For okay. Them. And mainly I just didn't want to see a stadium taken over by Georgia fans. So South Carolina and Georgia basically are the same colors. And so you, you couldn't tell who, uh, who was there. Uh, but, no, I, you know, Florida's a tough game. Auburn's a really tough game, and then I don't, you know, not Georgia doesn't need a break. I mean, they're they're the best team in the country right now. But that that South Carolina game is a good regional game. The uh, the fan I know Tennessee is also a good regional game that you could send them to. But you know, I, I needed someone for South Carolina to play when I was going through their their schedule. Honestly, South Carolina's schedule is uh, probably one of the easier ones that I've, I've gave anybody here. But um,
1: South Carolina, as you said, yeah. Uh,
2: but Georgia, I I, I did, but you
1: got them with Georgia, yeah.
2: That means, That's pretty difficult. Yeah, but <laughs> um, but, uh, but I wanted to give Georgia a little bit of a, a regional game right there, where they could you know go across the border to to South Carolina and get things done.
1: Maybe I looked at this wrong. Maybe Tennessee shouldn't play Vandy, which sucks because when Tennessee was being stupidly bad, they were losing a few games to Vandy. Yeah, and Vandy was very excited about that. Vandy football gets excited about very little, but they've, they they cared a lot when they played Tennessee, and Tennessee was on a similar level to them for a few years. That's why I kind of put that one in the bank for Vandy. I'm like, I don't know how much of this is going to make sense for Vanderbilt, and they uh, they don't matter compared to these other schools, but I mean, I, I can at least give it a college try for them, and playing Tennessee would make sense. But now if I if I don't have them playing Tennessee, then I could stick them... I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm. We're going to take a timeout. I'm we going to compose get, ourselves. I'm going to compose myself. I'm going to, get, I'm going to bench myself for the next possession, <laughs> and then I'll come back in and try and lead a comeback here in the fourth quarter. Well, one final timeout. We have a lot more show to go. We're wrapping up uh, a normal three-hour show, but we're just going to take one last timeout. We're going to go the rest of the way with our scheduling model here, Marathon. Uh, in the SEC. Yeah, it is, a, it is a marathon, not a sprint. And we'll come back and uh, finish off this SEC scheduling model on the other side of this timeout. You're listening to the Thursday edition of Sports Call.
0: The Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL run back, and you are listening to
3: Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. On this Thursday, Ryan LaVoy and Brooks Shoulders with you. Talking SEC football scheduling. Brooks, I think I've got it.
2: Ryan, Ryan is hard at work shopping some stuff while we were at break, by the way, folks. Yeah. Take you inside baseball.
1: So here's what I'm down to. I can either leave it as is, and Tennessee's just kind of got a, something that's not very appealing and not overly difficult. My original for Tennessee was Alabama, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky. Okay, Alabama obviously makes sense, and that's very difficult. Vandy makes sense from the Tennessee perspective, just the state of Tennessee perspective. Kentucky is a throw-in. It's an East game every year. Nothing on in particular on the line. Kentucky a little better at football right now than they have been in their history. But, you know, on average, that's a little lighter schedule for a, a team caliber of Tennessee. Or here's what I could do. I could go have Tennessee play Florida which would make a lot of sense because they've been at these. They've been somewhat of rivals. So no more Oklahoma for Florida. Instead, Oklahoma will have LSU. LSU will yield the Mississippi State game to take on the Oklahoma game. And now Vandy, after losing that Tennessee game, would then have Mississippi State. So Vandy's Hall would be, you know, who cares, but it'd be State of Mississippi heavy. It'd be Ole Miss. They play them this year, or they play them every year right now anyway. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Missouri. Wouldn't really function like an East team, but okay, we're getting rid of divisions here. The state of Mississippi ain't that far from Nashville. Yeah. So I think geographically that makes sense. I'm doing that. That's what we're doing. So we finished Florida and Georgia. So my new Florida is Florida playing Georgia, South Carolina, and Tennessee. That's very responsible for what Florida has been doing. They play all those teams every year anyway. And then Georgia has Florida, Auburn, South Carolina. South Carolina does not like that they were named in two consecutively yep. good programs. And then you had, remind people what you had for Florida and Georgia. Florida,
2: I had Georgia, LSU, and Tennessee. Okay. And then for Georgia, I had Florida, Auburn, South Carolina. We had the same thing, yep. exact same thing for Georgia.
1: All right. We're going to skip Kentucky for now. If we can come back, then we will. LSU. LSU was so difficult, and I just changed theirs during the break, as you just heard. Yep. They've got a murderer's row. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, If they got this, they should be upset because this is –
2: So what you're saying is if you were the commissioner putting this schedule out there, LSU fans would be sending a lot of tweets your way. This
1: is as bad or worse than the Alabama having Auburn-LSU-Tennessee. So for LSU, I've got them having Alabama, Texas A&M of what – I chose A&M over Florida because A&M at least – um, is right next to them, and they have been having uh, a pretty good rivalry alongside of what you have with Florida. LSU A and M is the reason we have this stupid overtime rule now, where we do two point plays after the second overtime, because apparently they just turned into you know, apparently if you go in the third overtime, everyone's <laughs> going to drop drop injured at that point. Um, so. I keep A&M for them, and then the third is now Oklahoma. So, again, Alabama, A&M, Oklahoma. I know o- A&M is not always good. Yeah. But they always try. They always have a lot of resources, and if that's your weakest there. Talk on it. And you always try. And you got two of the top six or seven programs of all time already in that rotation, and a and supposed to be the weak link. LSU screaming, where's, where's Mississippi State? Mandy's got to play someone right. So that's my only that's my only problem with that is that is very competitively difficult. But yeah. it, I mean, r- regionally, that's Al- that's LSU's biggest rival with Alabama. They've had a rivalry with A and M now because they've had a lot of fun games. And then Oklahoma and LSU would be a hell of a matchup each and every year. Yeah, big big schools right there.
2: I do like I, I do like what you put together there. Um, if you you know if you followed along this whole uh, trek, I think you can go ahead and put together my LSU. Yes. it's Arkansas. Yeah. Alabama and Florida.
1: That's and competitively balanced. It, I, it, That's get, better than mine.
2: You get the you get the marquee matchup with Alabama every single year. You get the uh, what's often a marquee matchup against Florida every year, and then you get the, the boot every single year. You get to play for a trophy every single year with Arkansas. And so, you know, it. it and they're also, you know, besides the Florida game, the LSU fans are making the trek to Tuscaloosa. We yeah. know that. They're making the trek to Arkansas because they're right next, next to each other state-wise. Uh, and then the Florida game, it, it, that's the that's the outlier where it's not really regional, per se. They're not you know too close together, but it's still a, a game that's blossomed into a, a pretty good rivalry between the two schools. They don't really like each other, and there there's been some fun moments out of it. You had the fog game, uh, I think it was 2020, where you had the field goal winning field goal from Florida in the fog. You had the shoe throw game, which was probably, I think it was the same game, too. That was the same game,
4: yeah.
2: Uh, And so you've had some fun fun games between those two. And so, you know, just keep it, I kept it very, very traditional, I guess, per se, with what is very consistent with what's going on now.
1: I think yours is more balanced, and that might be what they get. I mean, and all those are rivals to them, but it maintains some sort of balance. Because like I said, my... (laughs) A- A&M and Arkansas, you could argue LSU's bigger rivals with Arkansas, but A&M's a, a, a bigger program. And then you have them with Florida, who's a big program, absolutely, and they care a lot. They're struggling right now. But even in the annals of college football, even with Spurrier, Urban Meyer, etc., cetera, Oklahoma's still a little above them. Now, Florida's got as many resources as the cows can, can bring over. But but that, that would be – A a probably more competitively fair thing for LSU. All right, again, skipping some of the lower teams. We have time. We will. We are preserving the Egg Bowl. Okay, don't worry. worry Oklahoma. Obviously, they're playing Texas. That will happen no matter what conference they're in. Yep. So the other two I have are Oklahoma. You just heard LSU. And then Missouri. And again, I talked about Missouri is someone they used to play in the Big 12. Yeah. It was a competitive game. It seemed rough memory growing up teenage years. it seemed like that mattered a lot to Missouri. Maybe it was just because Pinkle had them you know at one of their better states right then and, and it was just a big big 12 game at that moment in time. but that felt pretty real and competitively for Oklahoma if you're playing Texas and LSU, Missouri's a good way to to wash it down a little bit.
2: This is so the the, the Texas, Oklahoma, A&M, Missouri, kind of four were my big trouble yeah. because I didn't know who to put – because I wanted – realistically, I wanted them to play everybody. But with with some of my matchups that I kept, like the Missouri-Arkansas game, you couldn't do that. And so um, with Oklahoma, I obviously kept the Red River rivalry, uh, Red River shootout, Uh and then I stuck them, and if, uh, again, if you were paying, if uh, po- folks at home were paying attention earlier, I did give Arkansas to Oklahoma, so the first two, Texas and Arkansas. This is where the curveball comes in.
1: Okay. Because I, I was— You don't have many of these so far. I was
2: struggling to find—I was struggling to put, you know, because I was trying to preserve— I was—what I tried to do is I tried to preserve as much as I could rivalry-wise from the, from, the, uh, from the current schedule. But this is where I had to go a little curveball. I gave Oklahoma Mississippi State—
1: See, that that's what I tried to prevent because I thought that if they played someone lesser, yeah, it could very easily be spun with someone they used to play. And that's exactly why I went Missouri, because they at least used to play them. Yeah. The Mississippi State thing what is uncomfortable about is that they have no connection and they're not in the same level. Yes. It's like a very clear here, Mississippi State, you are not good. You are their break for them. But at least with Missouri, it's like Missouri didn't care about that game, yeah. or because like I was trying to strike off some things with Mississippi State, and the the three I originally had for them was Ole Miss, LSU, and Auburn, and LSU was LSU Mississippi State was kind of functioning that, but at least that had had the knowledge of being a game in the SEC Western Division for the last however many years. And so I was like, well, if LSU and Mississippi State, even though they're not on the same level, that's a game that's been happening. Yeah. L- that can keep happening. But then I had to strike that out when I gave LSU Oklahoma. I think the thing here is, and again, I have not again, I have refrained from looking at anyone else's projection, is that what they're basically going to do with Oklahoma and Texas and Texas A&M and Arkansas and Missouri, they're going to have them play all of each other. Because those are all the teams – that were in the Big 12 or Big 8 at some point in the last 30, 40 years, and they're just going to have them play Ring Around the Rosie together. Yeah. And that's fine on the surface. I definitely agree with that with two games, but I would love to have the third game with these teams not necessarily married to that concept. Now, sometimes it has to loosely, but, again, that's why Oklahoma LSU appealed because I was like, well, these are big brands but these are schools that are still kind of close to each other. You're not tracking across the the, the conference for this. And once I amended the Oklahoma and Florida's deal, I was like, okay, I, I want Oklahoma's got to have a third team here. They've already got Missouri in my eyes, so let's give them something else difficult. So I would I would say that's the one. That's the first one. that I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't know if I don't know if I'll copy your work that time. I'm gonna
2: say, and the, the, again, this was. Uh, again, a byproduct of matchups that I absolutely sure. kind of wanted, and I just had to stick Mississippi State. Not not had to stick Mississippi State somewhere, but I had to figure out what to do with their with their third game because this was this was the third game that I threw down with them.
1: What was, what was the what? Just curious, since you brought up state, you had Ole Miss, and what was the other game? Auburn. Oh yeah, we all we both had Auburn. Yeah. So so yeah.
4: I don't know why. So I said
2: not that. a not a particularly easy. Uh, Schedule that right. I gave the Bulldogs with Ole Miss, Auburn, and Oklahoma. Ole Miss sometimes has some down years, but usually when they're down, they're still very competitive with Mississippi State in that Egg Bowl. So yeah. it's uh, it, it's not that's probably one of the more if you looked at their you know top to bottom those three one of the more difficult ones that I've given anybody was Mississippi State.
1: We are starting to run al- run low on time, about seven or eight minutes left in the show. Uh, so that was Oklahoma. I had some differences there. Texas, let's lump them together: Texas uh, and Texas A and M. Um obviously we just had Oklahoma. I think I think Brooks you and I haven't heard a lot of them. I think you were going to agree that Texas and Texas A&M should be playing. Yes. yes. I I think that's a pretty clear when you're going through okay, who's team's second rivals? Obviously Auburn Georgia is going to come up pretty quickly. I think that's a pretty clear second rival that needs to happen. Yes. I'm sorry I know they tried to get away from each other. You're, no, we're back. Texas, Texas Texas and m is back. Well, really, it was just Texas a trying to get away right. from Texas. Um, so for Texas third, I had Arkansas. Again, we talked earlier about that because I had Arkansas. We talked about Arkansas earlier. That game used to happen a long time ago, and I think it mattered a lot when the two teams – again, I was really captivated how much Arkansas cared about that game couple of years ago maybe texas didn't but look if texas already has oklahoma and texas a&m they can play someone that's a little lesser than them and then for a&m obviously got texas and for a and i had arkansas and lsu we already talked about those schools but they've kind of developed rivalries with those schools they play arkansas on that neutral field in in, uh, in jerry world half the time, all the time yeah. and then they uh they've played very meaningful and long games with lsu so those make sense. I'm not sure that's the three that the, the league spits out for them yeah. because they might run into a problem if someone else has got to do something different. But I don't know. I like those two. I didn't want to touch those two.
2: So uh, Texas, Texas AM, and I had those two matched up. And then I, for, then I had obviously Texas, Oklahoma matched up. I had Texas also playing Missouri. And I am playing Missouri. Okay, And so for Texas, it was Oklahoma, A&M, Missouri. I gave them all kind of former Big 12 matchups. A&M was Missouri and Texas, but I stuck them with a, an SEC West team. I stuck them with Ole Miss. And there's okay. not really it, – it's the same reasoning with – as I did with Mississippi State is I was trying to do – I was trying to rope some, some traditional games in. And I I not necessarily needed to stick them somewhere, but kind of needed to stick them somewhere. And so I gave A&M and Ole Miss a a game every year.
1: Yeah, I think that for Ole Miss, um, we don't realize that they are decidedly in Oxford, a lot closer to Tennessee than I realized when I first went to Oxford. Yeah. And so the the Ole Miss-Vandy thing low-key makes sense. It does. As a cross rival, what they have been doing. And again, you're not. You're going to hear so many games in the SEC, and you're going to say, Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, I'd rather rather watch something else. I get that. But you do have to schedule these games for these teams. So I I think what we did, we just did different things with Missouri, oddly yeah. enough. You had them with Texas and Texas A&M. Yep. I had them with Oklahoma and Arkansas. And I had They're, them with Arkansas as well. Oh, you had them Arkansas yep. too. Yep. I, I guess the third one I had, Vandy. There's your snoofe, snooze fest <laughs> of the year. But so... We realize they're going to play some combination of those Big 12 teams. It's just going to happen. But I wanted it again. I go back to what I said about when I wanted Oklahoma, I put Oklahoma and LCU together. I want some semblance of something from the, from, I say the real SEC, but the SEC that has existed for a long time. Yes. With the integration of the new it does not have to all be all right all you new kids go play with each other but you get to occupy the same play playground yeah. that we do i want there to be some sort of crossover so even if it's something small like missouri still playing vanderbilt or again oklahoma and lsu would be a bigger example that's why i'm attracted to just not all ring around the rosy between oklahoma texas texas AM and And then like Missouri, who's more recently in the in the league too, Um, we've named just about everybody by proxy. Couple teams we didn't speak much of. Again, only got a couple minutes left in the show. Got Kentucky playing South Carolina, Ole Miss and Tennessee, and got Vanderbilt playing Missouri, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Vanderbilt basically just rivaling this, developing a rivalry with the state. Of Mississippi, uh, what did you have with those couple lower teams?
2: So for Kentucky, I went with South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, and I guess I could have flipped that with Vanderbilt with, uh, with Ole Miss with Vanderbilt, uh, and then Ole Miss. I went Mississippi State, Kentucky, A and M, South Carolina, I went Kentucky, Georgia, and Vanderbilt. And we talked about that earlier with Georgia, uh, with that with that regional game right there with Georgia and South Carolina, and then Vanderbilt. I did keep the the Tennessee game. I did keep the in-state stuff going. So, Tennessee take on Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt also take on Kentucky and South Carolina.
1: Okay, you had uh, uh, South Carolina and Vandy, you just said? Yeah. Okay. Um, And I had South Carolina having Kentucky, Florida, and Georgia. Kind of a rough haul for them with Florida and Georgia. Kentucky kind of balances it out. Again, that's the deal in here. Someone will feel slightly slighted. That was probably poor english but they will feel that they got the short end of the stick whether that be because of schedule strength or teams that don't really matter to them yeah and some of these lower sec teams unfortunately they're going to be either the plaything for one of the bigger schools or they're going to have some matchups with schools on their level that don't necessarily appetize anyone. South Carolina and Vanderbilt again, that's going to be a pass for most people, but at least they've been playing in the east for a while. So
2: and, and that that was the reason, you know, you, you, like if you look at my my Vanderbilt scheduling, Tennessee, Kentucky, and South Carolina, that's why I I didn't throw a Vanderbilt into, you know, like you you throw these things around you like, "Oh, well, what, why can't Alabama have Vanderbilt for a cupcake game?" And it, I didn't want to give anybody say the the cupcake game. And so, you know, Vanderbilt South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Tennessee. The the biggest difference is that Vanderbilt, Tennessee. The gap between those two, I would say. And even you you know you brought up a few years ago when Tennessee was messing around with you know Derek yeah. Dooley and folks. Uh, they were competitive. They lost Vanderbilt, times. yeah, Vanderbilt. If you get a good coach into Vanderbilt like a James Franklin, Vanderbilt can can sneak up and bite you. And so I didn't want to give Vanderbilt to any of these big programs and say, oh, you get a you know get an off week basically when they're down, but it's still three games that they could be at least semi-competitive in.
1: So that will do it for our scheduling model. We're going to bring this back up with some of the other people that rotate on this show over the course of the next week. We won't do it as in much detail as we did say we've been doing this since four 2430 if you're just now joining us but uh if you missed any of it go back and check it out on the sports call podcast presented by coca-cola had a lot of fun doing this again this show was not as of the first of this week this was not going to be a full show so we didn't have a whole lot planned it's only going to be an hour 15 minute show borgard moved so we ended up uh, doing a full three hours and uh, i thought all right well it's probably going to be revealed here in a few weeks let's go ahead and get to it that was a lot of fun even though kind of lost my way uh, during the middle part of that brooks helped me out there
0: time for nightly tv guide. And we'll get out of here our show is about to end but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening here's sports calls nightly tv guide
1: sports calls nightly tv guide presented by white claw hard seltzer brooks what do we got
2: well, for you this evening, we're going to have two movie picks for you because we're starting to wind down, getting a little slower as part of sports here. Seven o'clock, Paramount Network, the day after tomorrow, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Then at seven thirty, there's a theme here. It's it's kind of disaster movies. Seven thirty on Sci-Fi, Independence Day with Will Smith. So uh, if you're into the disaster movies and into the world movie kind of uh, genre, two movie picks for you tonight. LPGA Tour back in action tonight with second round of the Lot Championship, Six o'clock, Golf Network. NHL wrapping up their regular season. St. Louis visits Dallas at 7 o'clock on ESPN. College baseball action tonight at 7 o'clock on ESPNU. Missouri takes on Texas A&M some good SEC action. Uh, then later tonight, more NHL action. Vegas Golden Knights visit the Seattle Kraken at 9.30 on ESPN. Women's college gymnastics continue tonight with the championship round. Semifinals from Fort Worth at 8 o'clock on ESPN DOS. And then, of course, 9 o'clock tonight on the FS One in its Concacaf Champions League Tigres Unal versus Montegoia. So some uh, La Liga MX action for you there, and of course,
1: you know, just
2: check out some streaming stuff. I don't, I don't have a streaming pick for you tonight, but there's, there's a lot of stuff to watch.
1: I just finished Manifest. Okay. On Netflix. There's your streaming pick for the night. There you go, Manifest. Thank you, Brooks. Yep. That is Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. That will do it for the show today. Brooks, thank you for being here today. Absolutely. And I hope you have a great weekend back at home. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. And, of course, we always thank those that tuned in and called in. For Brooks Childress, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Have a great Thursday night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.